Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Good. I'm uh, ready to get back in the swing of things. Had a, a nice week off, as I mentioned, and uh, I'm ready to get back in, uh, punching up and uh, talking Cowboys. Yeah, we're going to do some Twitter questions today. We've got some good ones. But first, I want to talk about uh, Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft that he posted on ESPN.com. Uh, at pick number 17, the Cowboys selected safety Xavier McKinney from Alabama over the likes of Grant Delpit, uh, Henry Ruggs. Uh, some Yurter Gross Matos, who I like a little bit. Um, you know, and I saw that mock draft this morning, and I went back and I rewatched some more Xavier McKinney film. And Landon, I got to be honest with you. I think he's a better fit with the Cowboys than Grant Delpit. Now, if you're just grading these players like, you know, who is the better player, it might come out that Delpit's actually, you know, the higher graded player. But when you're looking at fit, I think that McKinney might fit this defense better when you're pairing him with Xavier Woods, who uh, is at his best when you know you're moving him around. He's not just stuck in one spot. I, I just feel like McKinney might be the the better option here. Do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back to our conversation uh, about Delpit, and that you know I felt like even if you drafted Delpit, that you likely still needed to go out and. Either get a, a veteran safety that can play a little bit more box, or or feel confident in a uh, Donovan Wilson type to yeah. you know kind of take a step forward and, and start playing some more box safety because I just don't know that if you get Delpit, I, I think the best way to if you draft Delpit, and we, I talked about this, is just is to use Delpit as a safety, maybe transition Woods kind of into a hybrid safety. Uh, nickelback role, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can move him around a little bit, and then you. St- I, th- I still would th- feel like you needed a box safety because I don't know that either Delpit or Woods is going to be a guy that you can reliably stick down in the box when you need him to, uh, and consistently make tackles. You know, I think now, that I was going to say now this might change a little bit depending on what happens in free agency, right? Because if the sure. Cowboys go out and get, let's say, a Clayton Gathers from the Colts or a Carl Joseph from the Raiders. Both of those guys are pretty much, you know, strong safety only types. Then I think that frees you up to maybe pick a true free safety, right? Sure. Yeah, and I think that that's that's the thing is that I I, I just I would have an issue. I have a slight fear that I I would like my two back end passing def- defense safeties in in Woods and Delpit, but I have concerns that both of them you know have had tackle struggles at different Absolutely. points. Absolutely. I feel like you have to have at least. One guy in back there that is a reliable tackler, uh, and then can play in the box, you know, a little bit better. Uh, and that's why I think I just think that as far as creating a better pairing, you may get more bang for your buck with Xavier Woods if you pair Xavier McKinney, the Xaviers, yeah, I know. the X Men, exactly uh, in the back, as opposed to uh, uh, you know getting somebody who is kind of like. Uh, Xavier Woods and Grant Delpit, 
uh, in, in that he also shares, uh, unfortunately, some of the same weaknesses as far as a tackler goes. Yeah, and that's why I'm going to be interested to see what the Cowboys do in free agency because that may help dictate a little bit where they go at safety in the draft if they decide to use you know, their first-round pick uh, on Delpit or McKinney. Uh, I just thought that was interesting that it's seeming like uh, that's becoming more of the consensus over the last couple of weeks. I saw Mel Kuyper gave uh, the Cowboys McKinney, same with Todd McShay, same with Pro Football Focus. It seems like people are starting to make that connection that McKinney – paired with Xavier Woods makes a little bit more sense uh, than Woods paired with Grant Delpit. Um, Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we're going to answer some of your Twitter questions. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon. Uh, this first one um, is about the linebacker position in the draft. Now, we haven't got to uh, studying all these guys yet. Uh, but is there anybody in this draft that you could see coming in and being a day one starter outside of Isaiah Simmons for the Cowboys? I know some people are worried a little bit about Jalen Smith after last year. Uh, is that a concern for you at all? And is there anybody that you have seen so far that you like? Um, you know, I, I mean, I think I like the the Wisconsin kid. Um, Bruin bon. is his name. Bruin, bon, yeah. Jack Bond. Yeah, he's fun. Yeah, he's fun. Uh, I haven't watched a ton of linebackers, to be honest. We'll get um, there. Yeah, I just, you know, I tend to think that you've got what you need in-house, and, and if not, you can probably sign a guy pretty cheap to yeah. get your linebacker core in order. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what Joe Thomas is doing, but I'd love to have him back if he wants to come back. I mean, sure. you know, Sean Lee's situation is still up in the air, uh, and I'm you know, i I'm looking at him as more of a maybe a fourth or a swing third guy. You know, I, I, I think that they have options here, and then I think they also have some guys – uh, and Luke Gifford that they like, you know, and mm-hmm. they can look at. So I don't know that linebacker is a spot uh, that I would necessarily be looking at this high in the draft, short of someone absolutely, you know, well, game changing like say, Isaiah. Bond bon is a little different than a, a regular, you know, off the ball linebacker because he can yeah, provide pass rush. He's more yeah, of a pass rusher, yeah, right. But he can do Sam linebacker stuff. So if you go that direction, I mean, I don't anticipate the Cowboys doing that. But you can certainly make a case where, you know, if Bond falls to the second round, okay, that's that's a pick that the Cowboys could make. He can play in a 3-4. He can play off the ball in 4-3. You can slide him in as a defensive end on, you know, nickel situations. That makes sense. Um, really quickly, one of the guys that I actually like a lot in this draft is Akeem Davis-Gaither from... Uh, Appalachian State. He was at the Senior Bowl. This is one of those, you know, six foot two, two hundred eighteen pound off the ball linebackers in that Telvin Smith role, who can just run forever. 
Uh, you know, that's somebody, if you get him, you know, in the third round, he comes in right away and plays special teams. Uh, maybe he finds a role as a nickel linebacker I'm interested in. But anything before the third round, uh, I, I don't think that makes a ton of sense, correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that there's there's a lot of work to be done. And uh, linebacker is one of the spots that I, I feel like you've got talent there. Uh, I don't. I just think you need to add maybe some bodies to kind of mix it in. Sure. So I'm more okay with kind of waiting until a little bit later to go get a linebacker if you feel like you need one. Yeah, and remember, this team still has Luke Gifford down on the roster, who the front office really likes. It's somebody uh, who had a fantastic preseason. I- I'm not sure you're counting on him to to start or anything like that, but he's certainly a, a young player that the team is interested in. Um, all right, let's go to this next one from Andrew. Uh, Landon, how many quarterbacks could we see pick before pick 17? Uh, we'll start there. How, how many do you expect to be gone at that point? Oh, man, expect is is, tough, is a loaded question because, I mean, it's it's really tough. I mean, I, I you have to think at this point, you know, Tua, Joe Burrow, uh, Justin Herbert are clearly locks, right? Yes, I would agree, yep. Um, I'm I would, starting – I'm starting to think that Jordan Love is a, is a lock now. I, so. I would agree. Yeah. Um, and then you know now we starting to hear other names like uh, a Jason Eason going up, uh, yep. making his way up to the top of the board. Uh, I feel pretty sure, actually, if I remember correctly, that was kind of the thing that really was the catalyst in our Monday's uh, was it the mock draft uh, yep. that that yeah. was that kind of actually pushed down. A couple more guys, so you know, I, I, I mean, that's what five, four. That'd be that'd be uh, five, yeah. Yeah, I mean, i I could easily, I could easily see that many making it uh, above us. This, you know, realistically, uh, uh, by the time draft day comes around, um, how many? I don't do you know think, that they, how many do you think go before pick fifty one? Oof. So let's assume uh, at least five because we have Eason there. I would guess Jake Fromm goes. From before. is the next guy, right? So right, I would so say six. You think he goes before fifty-one? Yes. Yep. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know any other guys that are in the running at that point. I mean, I, I'm kind of even surprised to see From as as being pushed up this high. But I guess that's where we are at this point. Yeah. Well, uh, you should watch From's tape sometime. I I went into it with zero expectations, thinking this is going to be. You know, one of these college quarterbacks, a Cody Kessler type, and I actually came away pretty impressed. So if you get some time, go watch Fromm. I mean, I, I've seen him when he was younger. You know, yeah. I, mean, I, I think we kind of all thought he was going to come in as a uh, future star. You know, just based on how he played when he was younger, and then I think you know the kind of trail went cold there because he didn't necessarily have this spectacular career. Right, uh, but I think yeah. I mean, I, that doesn't necessarily surprise me that a guy like that has made his way back into the conversation. I think what's surprising is that, you know, not even, and I guess this happens a lot, but not even like, you know, two or three weeks ago, we were talking about well, could Jordan Love get in the first round? Yeah, yeah and it now it's like jo- yep. Jordan Love's a Jordan Love's a lock for the top fifteen. Now we've got Eason, who's made probably a lock for the top twenty. Yep. and and from creeping up, it's just it's 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 crazy, in, in a good way for the Cowboys. How much the offensive tackles and quarterbacks have shot up uh, in these last few weeks on these mock drafts as they start to get on people's radars. 
Yeah, the only other quarterback that I could see potentially sneaking his way into the top 50 is Jalen Hurts. Uh, Peter King put yeah. out a piece on Monday uh, saying that the NFL is a lot higher on Hurts than what like Twitter scouts are. Um, and Good. I, yeah, I, I mean, mean I, great. It's good, great for the Cowboys, right? Yeah, I mean, sure. Like, I, and listen, I, I also think good for him because I think, I think he has – he's got some stuff. You know, like, right. look, if he was an inch taller – uh, you, you we would be talking about him in a different way if he was if he was a little bit more consistently accurate. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think he we would talk about him in this, this way. I think he's got some deficiencies in like two or three areas where he's just short of what the norm is for for a draftable quarterback. But I think that he can overcome a lot of that stuff uh, based on you know his makeup of character and that sort of thing. You know, I think there's other guys like Anthony Gordon, you know, yeah, from I mean, just everyone's wondering if he could be the next uh Gardner Mishu, you know, sure. and, and just kind of overlooked because of the offense he came in. You know, there's there's these guys I mean he's not, Gordon is kind of way like there's kind of a drop off after Hertz, I would say. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, but, but Gordon's but, that guy that's going to try to sneak into the top 100, right? That's yeah, kind of where and, he's looking. And at. that's what I guess what I'm getting at is that you know this is a guy who probably was a fifth round pick starting mm-hmm. in this process. He's probably he might end up in the top 100 before this is all said and done. Yeah, and it's just something to keep an eye on because you know if there are six, seven quarterbacks that go ahead of the Cowboys at pick 51, I'm assuming you're going to get some really good talent at that you know second round spot. Um, Landon, this next question I really like. Uh, this one comes from Jay. What is the best combination of safety, defensive tackle, and wide receiver in the first round? So let's go ahead and put some names uh, to these spots. Safety, defensive tackle, and wide receiver? Yes. Safety, defensive tackle, and wide receiver. So in the, in the first three rounds? Yes. I almost think defensive tackle is what you need to grab first because I don't love yeah. the defensive tackles after that, right? Yeah. I kind of agree, uh, unless you 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 wanted to get a really fantastic grouping uh, around in the first three, and then get like uh, uh, what's the kid from uh, Jordan Elliott or something yeah. like that from from the Missouri, like that you think that could be a little bit later draft pick. Um, hmm. I've got it here. Here I, I, here's I, what it is. All right, it's Javon Kinlaw. You're gonna Antoine do, Winfield. You're gonna do one. Oh my god, you're gonna do it. And then it's whatever receiver you pick in the third round. I mean, I, I don't care. There's eight different ones you can pick there, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's that's kind of where my brain went to. Um, uh, unless you could do something like, uh, you know, maybe a, a rugs. It's or, too hard or, that way because it, the positions don't stretch that well. Well, that I mean, because you could do. Tackle. You could do a, a Ruggs or Judy, and then a uh, a Duggar as a, as yeah a, as a, maybe. As a, I mean, I don't I don't mind round. Duggar. That's fine. I mean, do you think Duggar could last to the third round? Yeah, probably. I mean, I think he's going to test really well. But uh, you know, coming from Lenora Ryan, that's uh, it's a pretty small school. You could you could get like a, a situation where Gallimore maybe makes it to fifty one or, or yeah, and that's that's maybe what you're hoping for there, right? Yeah. Like so, More, like a Judy Gallimore Duggar situation, maybe. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, even Ashton Davis, I've seen some, I've seen some, uh, I've done some mock drafts, and who knows how 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 realistic this is, but I've seen one where he's Ashton Davis has lasted to the third, uh, third. Yeah, round I don't game. even hate Ashton Davis in the second round. Like if the Cowboys, if the Cowboys get Let's, for example, Kinlaw. If you go Kinlaw, Ashton Davis, 
I like that pairing. I mean, it's a it's it's not my favorite, but it's not it's certainly not bad. No, I just I just feel like I feel like Ashton Davis is probably going to get drafted before Winfield, right? Probably because I, I think he's and I like, a better athlete, but yeah. I like Winfield more. So right, like that's that's my whole thought process there. If Ashton Davis actually were to fall to the third round at that point, I think he becomes a a steal. So yeah, I would agree. Do you think the NFL is going to value Davis more because he has the prototypical size and athleticism, and that the NFL is still scared because of these smaller defensive backs? I think it depends on the team. Uh, I think you know some of these teams are going to uh, want you know that kind of versatility and uh, that kind of athlete on the field, um, and and they're not going to care uh, about. I'm talking about Winfield. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, and I think that they're not going to care that that uh, he's maybe uh, an inch shorter than what's typical, or or you know maybe half a half tenth of a second slower than you thought that he was going to be. Uh, and then I think there's going to be people that are going to look at Davis and go, look, I can I can form that into an all pro uh, safety. Uh, I I'll take this guy and I'll and I'll try to f- uh, form him into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, for me, it's just I, I I've I've bet against a guy like Winfield too many times to do it anymore. You know, I just think that yeah. he's going to be able yeah. to come in and, and, and play at a high level right away. Um, this next one comes from at the Lone Star. Um, how much of an improvement would you expect from the offensive side of the ball just because of the new coaching style and tendencies? And then on top of that, uh, you're getting some guys back. Like Frederick is now, what, two years removed from his uh, situation that he had. You should have an improvement at left guard. Uh, Connor Williams is going into his third year. Connor McGovern should be back. Uh, Michael Gallup is going into his third year. Uh, how, how much of an improvement do you think we'll have just because of the coaching upgrade? It's, I mean, it's hard to, like, separate it out, you know, yeah. because I do think that all those things that you mentioned are also huge factors as well. Like, you're, you've got a, several different players who are kind of coming into their own. Frederick coming back a little bit healthier. You mentioned all the offensive line stuff. You know, and I think on top of that, uh, I one of the biggest improvements may be Kellen Moore getting a yeah. second season calling plays. I mean, I think mm-hmm. as his first year to call plays in the NFL, I mean, that's probably a pretty eye-opening experience. I'm sure he's learned a lot since then. Uh, so I think that there is uh, some uh, level of improvement that can happen just by uh, individuals improving as they sure. got more experience. Uh, and then I think that there probably will be uh, uh, a an improvement based on the kind of change in mindset and philosophy that's brought in by the head coach, whether it's a more aggressive uh, mindset, whether it's uh, 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 a lack of fear of throwing the football uh, early in, in, in down situations. Uh, I, I just think that there are it's there's lots of areas where the improvement can be had. It's difficult to parse out exactly what is coaching improvement. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, you know, really, if Mike McCarthy kind of just lets Kellen Moore call, you know, call the game in, in, in an aggressive manner, which it felt like at times he was restricted from doing, uh, I think that's alone is, is a major improvement for this offense. Yeah, I also think there's going to be little upgrades on the back end of the roster that will help, right? Uh, like yeah. Tony Pollard, for example. Uh, he was a guy that was, you know, at this time last year, people were wondering, is he a slot receiver? Is he a running back? Um, he came in and played really well as a rookie. I expect him to look a, a lot more comfortable as a running back now. So you have him, uh, you know, behind Zeke, and, you know, I think he's going to be in a scheme now that maybe better suits his his play style. Uh, I think Blake Jarwin is still improving as a player. Dalton Schultz is entering his third year. 
Um, you know, Lyle Collins is a significantly better player now than he was at this time last year. So I think I think there were some things that were already pointing to this offense continuing to get better. Uh, we didn't even mention Dak Prescott, who you know just yeah. gets better every single season and is starting to enter you know the prime of his career. Yeah, um, it, go ahead. And that was that was one of the things that I think you know a lot of us were kind of afraid of about this coaching change is that you know I saw for having been the first year of offensive coordinating and quarterbacking together. Dak and Kellen did some pretty amazing things. Yeah, absolutely. So the yeah. idea of having to like separate from that, apart from that, because the rest of the team couldn't get it together in order to produce wins out of that, uh, f- was very disheartening. And I think that that's why the idea of bringing Kellen back, and not only bringing him back, but bringing him back as a play caller, feels like such a great thing for the for the Cowboys faithful because you know they seem that 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 see, that relationship seemed to be quite successful. Uh, and, and then, if anything, that it you know maybe the the team philosophy was holding that that duo back. So I think bringing them back for another year of potential improvement, uh, that's an, alone enough to make you excited about what this offense looks like ne- for next year. You know, it also helped the Cowboys' offense if they could find a consistent kicker because they how many points did they leave on the board last year because of uh, you know a Brett Maher being awful in the you know what twelve thirteen games that he played last year. I think he missed. Was it ten field goals last year? Well, I think he was like twenty of thirty. And moving away from the the you know uh, Dan Bailey method of, of of using a kicker, you know, I think part of we all mentioned it, but part of the uh, unintention unintentional yeah. bonus of having Kai Forbath is that he couldn't kick far, far field goals, so it forced the Cowboys to go yeah. for it more. I love and, it. And, it's great. And, and, and I think and I think that you know that is. Something to keep in mind is that, you know, just not trying to rely on a kicker to make a 55-yard field goal when it's fourth and three and instead just going for it, you know, and, and just and, and trying to make it the first down and continue to, to get more points. I, I, things like that add up, you know, eventually over the course of the season. So maybe just a change in mindset on when you on, – on how reliant you are on your kicker I think could potentially eventually, you know, produce more points in this offense. Yeah, I'm going to be curious to see what happens at the kicker position. Um, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but Michael Gelkin uh, from the Dallas Morning News wrote a piece about the Cowboys special teams. Um, and he had some interesting nuggets in there. The, the the first one that I jumped out to me is Chris Jones played with a sports hernia for most of the season, which I, I don't know why the Cowboys just didn't put him on IR and find somebody else. But um, the other thing that he mentioned is that there's a lot of interest inside the Cowboys front office in signing Greg Zerline. Uh, this offseason, who's a free agent in March. Uh, that's somebody who has a massive leg, uh, similar to Brett Maher, not always the most consistent. Um, but I, again, I'm going to be curious to see what they do at that kicker position because I kind of liked it better when they had Kai Forbath last year because of all the things you just mentioned, uh, yep. being more aggressive on fourth down and not settling for long field goals. Uh, it's just something that's going to be interesting to monitor you know, over the next couple of months. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Tomorrow, we are doing our wide receiver preview. I know we've been teasing it for what seems like a month now. Uh, We're going to talk about Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, uh, Jalen Rager. I'm pretty excited about it. We'll talk about these guys, uh, how we graded them, where they fit in the Cowboys offense, and how realistic it is that the Cowboys would select them. Uh, Make sure you're following Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. Follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. 
and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.